we're going to meet Omar Issa, one of the world's most famous Nasheed artists. He's racked up over 118 million views on his videos and over 500,000 subscribers. Before he was a Nasheed artist, he was actually quite a famous mainstream singer. And then he found faith and has now only dedicated himself to no music Nasheeds. We're here to find out how he did it how much he makes, what other creators can learn from him and be inspired into achieving the levels of success that he has achieved. Let's go and meet him and find out. Okay, I'm ready. Daddy duty. Let's Done. do it. Let's do it. I like the Jeff Bezos look, by the way. You like, I'm trying to like, um, my inspiration is um, uh, Steve Jobs. So. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah, crap, I got that wrong, right? Yeah. It's like Steve Jobs is the one who looks like that. He has the like, the look and he's... Like that, yeah. That's it, that's yeah. it, that's it. So Omar, how did you get here? How did you get started in this game? Um, so Alhamdulillah, it's been a, a long journey. So I used to be an R&B singer and uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guided me back to Islam in uh, 2011. Uh, I was doing quite well in the music game. I was signed, my music was being played on mainstream radio stations, the DJs knew me, it was going well. And then um, what happened was in that journey of life, I was like lost. Uh, you know, a South Asian British man born in England and confused with our identity. I think we can all kind of identify with that and yeah. recognize that struggle that we go through as, as men and women in England. So I was like, who am I? You know, what am I doing this for? What is my purpose? My mother, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless her, I mean, she always used to tell me when I was growing up, Allah is watching you. Allah is watching you. Just remember, Allah is watching you. So I had a really, really strong connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but I didn't have a connection with Islam. So basically in that period of doing music, I just felt really depressed. And you always hear this about musicians in the game. They're like so down and depressed. And I thought, why am I depressed? Everything's going well. I'm signed, the music's being played, the DJs want to know me, they want to hear my next single, what's happening? So I picked up the Quran. I couldn't read Arabic. So I picked up the English Quran. And I also picked up the Seerah of the Prophet Muhammad And I started reading it and it literally completely changed my life. It was weird because in the music game, I used to have cornrows. Oh, really? Like, yeah, yeah, I had those cornrows. I used to have a fake earring and I used to like... Um, so my manager said, I can't tell people that I'm from Pakistan. He said that you have to pretend you're Caribbean. So I was like, what? He's like, because it's, it's, not cool. it's not cool to be like a British Pakistani man in the music game. And I was like, what? Kabzi, we're going we're gonna to have to dig up this picture of... of the, the, there's probably the, the, the cornrow ones on my social media. You're oh, really? <laughs> so basically what happened was in this transition, I literally... The cornrows started coming out. Um, my beard started growing and it was weird because the sunnah is long hair. Yeah. So I had long hair or alhamdulillah and then my beard started growing and then literally it was uh, April 2011 where I just quit. I quit music. For me though, I, I used to be a guitar player. So I had three guitars and a keyboard and I remember I go to, um, I was like, cool, I'll, I'll leave music and I'll do music in the Muslim world or whatever. And then I came across the hadith of the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, in Sahih Bukhari and Sahih Muslim where the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, said that, you know, there'll come a time when people of Ummah will make certain things which are haram halal. And he said, you know, liquor, illicit relationships, wearing of silk, and the use of musical instruments. And my life literally went, what am I going to do now? Because I'd literally given myself to Islam. I got rid of my interest everywhere that I was dealing with interest. I got rid of it. I got rid of all the other stuff. I stopped going out here, performing here. I literally changed my life according to what Allah was saying. And I gave it all up, gave it all up. And I was like, what am I going to do now? And I remember my friend was talking to me and he's like, do nasheeds, man. And I'm like, what's that? I didn't even know what that was. And then, yeah, I started doing nasheeds, went to my producer. 
he noticed a, a bit of a change in my beard and all that. <laughs> so yeah, alhamdulillah, it's May, June 2011 was when I recorded my first nasheed and it was called Allah. Uh, so yeah, alhamdulillah, it's been an amazing journey. So Omar, how was it like in the early days? You mentioned before it was a bit of a struggle. How did you get started and what was the journey like at the start? What would your advice be to creators who are starting off trying to make it in the Muslim space? So Brother Ibrahim, there's actually no industry in nasheeds. And I quickly found that out when I came into it. Like I came from an industry where it's a well-oiled machine. And then I came to nasheeds where there's no oil and there's no machine. Um, so, <laughs> so literally it was like tough. Like I was thinking to myself, what am I doing? How am I going to do this? And I'm a vocal only nasheed artist as well. I don't use instruments. I don't use beatboxing. That's my kind of signature. And I do it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because that is how I believe nasheed should be. That's my personal opinion and many people's opinions. And I don't mind what people do. That's their business. But for me, vocal only nasheeds is nasheeds. So let's just put it this way. I had to sometimes think if I was going to eat dinner or if I was going to record in the studio. That was the beginning of my journey. It was that tough money wise. I remember one specific, uh, specific time where I had no petrol. And I was driving and I had to go to the studio and I was driving. And it was, you know, when you have a little bit of a, a fire, they say you have a reserve tank. Yeah. I would pass that. So I was driving, I was like, oh my God, this car's going to stop. I could feel it. And I went into the, you know, where the penny, you know, you keep your little pennies and all that. And I had like five pence. I counted them. There was, I made a, a pound and I put the five to the, filled up a pound of petrol. And I walked into the, it was so embarrassing. And I went to the guy. <laughs> he looked at me like this guy so I was like subhanallah and I went to the studio to record because it was that tough it's a dedication man like advice to people is that this is harder than the mainstream industry because there's no industry so you have to do everything yourself so if you want to do it the most important thing I'd say is do it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and keep your intentions intact and inshallah ta'ala everything will be fine Omar why do you think that there's this smaller industry or no industry in the nasheed world versus the mainstream. Is there not sufficient demand or are they not willing to pay for it like the mainstream or what is the issue? Majority of Muslims listen to music. So really it's supply and demand, isn't it? At the end of the day. But there is, there is a demand in it because I'm a living example, alhamdulillah. And there's many Nasheedites brothers out there who are living examples who live of this, alhamdulillah. So there is, but also I look at it like this. I look at it from a very spiritual point of view that when you're doing something for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the shaitan is going to make it super hard. He's going to throw all kinds of stuff to you. And you won't get like um, sponsored like an Ed Sheeran would or, you know, one of these artists, other artists would. So it's that struggle, constant struggle. And I have been offered lots of money to go back to music. I've been offered about, about four times in this 10 years of Nasheed. I've been offered thousands to just come back to music. Trust me, you do good. Come. But I'm like, alhamdulillah, so far, I'm good. Who knows what I'll do next week, but <laughs> <laughs> Alhamdulillah. And so when do you think was the, I guess, the inflection point in your career? And you thought, all right, you know what? I feel like I can actually make a good living from this and I'm heading in the right direction. I've never actually ever asked that question to myself about the good living. I've, uh, Alhamdulillah, always been to uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will provide. And indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has always provided. For me, I think the change was probably 2015, 16. When my YouTube channel started picking up. Wow, so six years, five, six years. Yeah, were. well, I, will, I officially started in uh, January 2012. Wow, so four so, years. Yes, because I released my first album in 2012 as well. For me, it was literally the first video I did, Allah, 
we filmed it on a camcorder. And I started up my YouTube channel, started up a Facebook channel, Instagram or whatever, and I just put it out there. And then from there, every three months I'd release um, a video. I was consistent and it's a lot of money. I was talking to my producer, right? And we're really good friends. And he was like to me, you know what? You know, you've got to book more sessions with me, you know, da, 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 da. I'm like, bro, listen, yeah. In my mind, just like that, I went, I probably put a quarter of a million into your account. Wow. And he went, uh, what? Because I went, do the math. And literally, brother Ibrahim, it's cost me that much. So people don't understand how much it costs. People think, oh, you know, Nasheed artist is free and all that kind of, we get it all the time, to be honest with you. We spend a lot of money. We, I live in London, you know, mm. producer charging 40 to 50 pound an hour. I'm not an editor. I'm a composer, I'm a writer, I'm a singer. So I have to go to sound engineers for their, you know, with the editing stuff. So I have to hire studios out. So how much does a Nasheed cost then? Like, let's say you want to make, I don't know, like what, what's an average size Nasheed for? Average a thousand, a thousand pound audio. I could do a Nasheed for average 1,000, 1,500. Just average cost to record the audio. We're not talking about anything else. It, it goes over, you know, the mixing, the mastering. And then we're talking about videos. It's a completely different cost. So if you add in all of that at a decent production quality. Average, average, and this is average five grand. So wow. when you see one of those videos on, online, it's average as that. To be honest wow. It's really expensive. It's really expensive. But it depends how far you want to go into it. You can go even more expensive. In the mainstream game, they're spending, you know, hundreds and thousands of videos. Wow. But we like have to figure out our budget. And then we have to work with people. Unfortunately, sometimes you come across people who think they know what they do. And then you have to, you're in the process of a video. You're like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Mm. And I paid him a lot of money. So you're like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? So then I start directing it. Mm. <laughs> I start going in there. Because I'm quite experienced in this now. I've had to learn literally from the bottom to where I am now. It's been really tough. But alhamdulillah, it's been enjoyable. So how does a creator actually make money? What are the different revenue streams? How does it all work? So in the Nasheed game, there's uh, many ways that you can make money. Obviously, there's YouTube revenue, alhamdulillah. There's iTunes, there's Spotify, uh, all the other online platforms where you can stream your music. You can sell your music at shops. Sponsorships for YouTube, you know, businesses want to advertise their business. Then also you've got the Instagram stuff where people will, you know, like sponsor their product. I don't do that personally on Instagram. And then there's performances, live performances, tours. But it's a long way to get there. See, in the beginning, it's a struggle. Mm. In the beginning, I remember I was once, um, I did an event and I was with two other brothers who were performing there. So I'm driving them in my car and they're talking and they start talking about how much they're getting paid. And I'm like going, what? I went, are you guys getting paid? They went, yeah, are you not? I went, no, they're just covering my travel. So I was like, what? And they were like, oh, and it was far. It was in Dewsbury. Wow. And I was like, subhanAllah. I was like, wow. So I've gone through that struggle where I've gone to events and they've gone, brother, you know. So hang on, what did you do in that situation? Did you then say, look. I could have kicked them out of the car and when I'm going home, but alhamdulillah, I went to the event. I did it. You know, at the end of the day, for me, it was like, in that beginning, you have to struggle. Mm. I've emailed in the beginning of my career. I emailed every single established Nishidaist. Not one of them ever replied back. Wow. But as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed me to come up in my career, I would bump into them and they would first approach me. And I'm very blunt. So I'd go, yeah, I emailed you. And they're like, uh, uh, not really? <laughs> they stutter a bit. And I go, that's all right, alhamdulillah, no problem. So see, this is why I always say, when, you know they say, right, there's a saying, right, when you're going up somewhere, don't look down on people, you know, because you don't know what's going to happen. 
because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ultimately the king and he's the one who's going to elevate us in this dunya and the afterlife. So it's been a really interesting, cool kind of navigation. But I get a lot of new nashidites messaging me and they have to understand it's a struggle. You need to work. You need to pay every penny you have into this game because there's no record labels. Mm. So record labels are like banks. They loan you money, you record, they give you a budget and then they get that money back mm. because with, you know, say all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. And Omar, do you think that the Nasheed industry is growing? Do you think that you can make the same amount of money as like, let's say, a middle of the road mainstream artist these days or no? I don't expect a Nasheed artist to make anywhere near as, I don't know, Kanye West or Ed Sheeran oh, yeah, yeah, or someone. Yeah. But yeah. So do you think that this Nasheed industry is ever going to get as big as the mainstream? Like, do you think that we can actually get to a point where, you know, a Nasheed artist is making the same as Ed Sheeran? Yeah. Do you think we'd ever get that? Yeah, inshallah. Really? Yeah, inshallah. How's that going to happen? I personally think that it's all about the tides changing, to be honest with you. Because at the end of the day, it's about the audience. You know, you have to be positive. You know, to be honest with you, I'm a very like half empty glass guy anyway in my life, to be honest with you. Like, so I'm not, but in this kind of element, you have to look at that. You have to think that you're going to get to that, that stage. Your mind has to think about that. My mind has always been there. My mind has always carried myself in a way that as talented as Ed Sheeran, uh, Kanye West, you know, but I'm doing it this way. I didn't sell myself to the dunya. I took myself out of the dunya and I did it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But it's a long road. It's a long road. You can make money in the game. Alhamdulillah, I live off it. Alhamdulillah. But if I was in the mainstream game and everything's up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because I'm not saying this would happen, but I'm saying if what, how I've worked in the Nasheed game, in the mainstream game, I would be at the level of Ed Sheeran. Because see, it's um, a 10% talent, 90% hard work mm. in everything. You know how many talented singers are out there? who are better than some of the best singers in the world and they're singing in uh, bars or here and you're like, how, what happened? There's no drive. And I, alhamdulillah, I've got this drive to promote Nasheed for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, give an alternative to the Muslims. But there's people surviving now. There's so many artists now, alhamdulillah, in, at this time, I survived. When I came into it, there was only these instrument Nasheed guys. So that's who you were looking at. And then alhamdulillah, I came and yeah, I hope I helped. Inshallah, you know, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's permission for the other artists who came through or whatever, but I don't know, only Allah knows. Explain to us a little bit about how like making money on YouTube works for people who've never, like, never looked into it before. So YouTube is a, is, is a funny one. YouTube is it's all about accumulation of views. So it's all about how many views you get a day, a month, a week or whatever. And that's how you make the money to be honest with you. There's many varying kind of numbers with YouTube, right? You know, when you go online and I put on my thing, I've Googled myself where, you know, what people think I'm worth. I'm like, well, okay, interesting. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know. Is it, is it higher than the reality usually? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. But the thing is that with YouTube, it's all about consistency. And it's about, I'm a, my channel is a Nasheed channel. I'm not a YouTuber. You know, I don't have the privilege of uploading every week and constantly getting a video that's, oh, viral. And then this video goes viral and then people start watching it. I'm a very inconsistent YouTuber. Mm. And that is not a good thing for YouTube because YouTube is about consistency. Yeah. Uh, you know, every week, oh, my video's coming out every Monday, 7 p.m. I'm a, you know, every three month Nasheed video guy. But alhamdulillah, at the moment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed me with a good YouTube channel. But it's, it's about growth, brother Ibrahim. It's about sticking in there. I didn't make money on YouTube until 2017. 
So I had to wait all that time to build, build, build. Some yeah. people will do it faster, but yeah. this is my own personal journey. And when I started bringing money in from YouTube. Is it ultimately like subscriber count? Like what, is there a point after which it becomes more viable for people who are starting out? Afraid? I think it's about views, to be honest with you. Is I don't it? think it's about subscribers. My channel is quite funny. My viewership, about 70% of my monthly viewership is from non-subscribers. Wow. So that shows like why they're not subscribing. Because <laughs> you know, it'll look good, the numbers look good, right? It's all about numbers in this day and age. So yeah, so it's all about the views. Money on YouTube is about the views. It's not about the subscribers. Yeah, subscribers are cool. You know, at the end, then you've got them consistent subscribers who yeah. watch it. But in my case, that's not the case. Fascinating. What's your creative process? When you're actually coming up with a song or a sheet, how does it work? So it's always fun for me. I'm, sometimes I'm sitting there with my daughter or my son and I'll have an idea and I'll just pull my mobile out and put the voice note and go, okay, I've got to remember this order, this melody. I'll put it down and then I'll go to the studio and then we'll just start from there. I'm a melody guy. I love melodies. I think melodies are the things that rem you remember. Words are very important, of course, because we're, we're in the Nasheed industry and our message has to be very important. Yeah. And mine is about the Quran and Sunnah, Hadith or whatever, you know, Alhamdulillah. So, but for me is that going to the studio, come up with a melody, a hook, a chorus, and then uh, we just build from there. But sometimes the verse starts. It's varying, but I have to make sure that the melody is nice. Otherwise, I won't. I'll be sitting with my producer and he'll be doing stuff and I'll come up with five melodies. And by the end of it, no word of a lie. He's like, all right, bruv, you know, I feel tired now. I don't know what you want from this. And I'm like, bro, calm down, man. Like, uh -huh. the tracks are not made like this. You've you got to find the right. And then alhamdulillah, the eighth one is the one. And you're like, okay, alhamdulillah, I'm uh, in the studio. I'm very hard on my sound engineers, man. I'm work, work, work. And then can we go, I'm going to go for a break. I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'm not good. Even video shoots. I'm like to the guys, look, we'll have our break after the video is done. Yeah, well, let's get this done. Then we can enjoy ourselves, relax. And some people are like, what, this guy's crazy. <laughs> you know, I'm a work guy when it comes to stuff like that. So, yeah. So how many views do you actually get every day? So alhamdulillah, at the moment, thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I get about 100,000 views a day. Wow. Alhamdulillah. And I get about th 3 million views a month on my YouTube channel. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Inshallah, it grows. I'm working hard. I've got some great content coming. So, yeah. Definitely. So that's 36 million views in a year. And according to my calculations, let me do my calculations, based on some Googling, 36 million divided by 1,000 was that times it by let's say four gives me a hundred and forty four thousand pounds is that right <laughs> um i don't know to be honest with you no this unity is a very strong thing that the shaitan will have against the ummah and this is the problem with amongst our whole ummah so it's not only amongst nasheed it's generally the whole case with our ummah there's so many different brands of islam and you go to this masjid there's a deobandi masjid you go to hanavi masjid you go to salavi masjid you go to or who you know it's like we completely ignore the aspect of the fact that we're muslims and we say la ilaha illallah muhammad rasulullah and that's how we you know unite together right and even with marriage like look at marriage if you look at the muslim world oh i want my daughter to marry a pakistani gesture from this village Bengali, same thing, or African, same thing. There's this kind of, unfortunately, the shaitan, you know, unity is one of the best tools he's, he's got. So that is, a, I think, a, a problem for the Muslim ummah. You know, that is a big core issue. With me, though, I have genuinely, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is my witness, and people can see this on my YouTube channel. I am probably one of the only artists who has featured the most artists on my YouTube channel. 
because I've always had that in my mind. They could have been Afro-Caribbean brothers, South Asian brothers. You know what? I've always tried to have that unity for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, the second thing you said about creativity, now, I think we are creative. We just unfortunately don't have the space in the Muslim world. That's why if you look at Hollywood, do you know how many executive producers and writers are Muslims? Because they're not getting it in the Muslim space. I'm launching an animation channel at the moment because I want to, I believe that I'm going to get to this, this level of Disney because I have Allah with me and I'm going to push it, I'm going to push it inshallah for our children. We have to self-belief and then when we do it and the other brothers see it, then they'll go, okay, I see it now. There's now an industry there. Like, you know, with what you guys are doing, mashallah, right? There's an industry now, a money industry. We deal with money every day, but no one's talking about it. No one's talking about what's halal and haram. You guys are, mashallah, right? And you're creating a, an industry. So it's about the creatives are there. I know so many creative, amazing singers, amazing writers, amazing storytellers. But they're like, Umar, if I write for Ed Sheeran, I'm going to get this much money. If I write for you, there's no royalties, bro. The Muslim radio stations don't pay royalties. They don't even know what that is. They're like, oh, you know, so it's not their fault. It's the mindset. And then the other problem in the creative world is that, uh, which I really, really, really detest is, uh, oh, brother, it's for the sake of Allah, so you shouldn't charge. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Uh, you're mad. You should actually ch- pay me more because I'm doing it for the sake of Allah. Subhanahu they do ta'ala. that a lot with the sake of Allah. And the yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, they say, there's a saying, right? In, in, amongst us guys, we say, for them, it's not feasibilillah, it's free. <laughs> you know, and that's a big problem is that Look at the situation of our imams. They get paid, what, £10 an hour? And they have to do everything. So why why are our children not saying, Dad, you know what, I want to be an imam? Because unfortunately, they're looking at the state of their imam and thinking, this brother has got three jobs. Mm. And he's never at the masjid, the maskeen, only for the prayers. Why are we doing this to ourselves? They should be paid the most. Imams should be at the same level as doctors. In fact, better, because they're spiritual doctors. And they're helping our Iman, which is far more better than health. Because if you don't have Iman and you have health, you're living an empty life. And if you don't have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your life, you know, subhanAllah. So it's a problem amongst all of the Ummah and we're trying to change it. You know, we are genuinely with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's permission. In my industry, I'm trying to change it. Brother Ibrahim, you're trying to change it in yours. My brother, you're trying to change it in yours. But we have to make a change and create it so then the brothers and sisters can go, okay, cool. I, want, I don't have to go to um, Link Up TV, which is an urban channel on YouTube. I'll go to, you know, Sacred House Productions, which is by our brother Omar Isa, and I'll send him, I'll pitch him an idea. And then we will support it, inshallah. We're not at the stage yet. We're building, because I'm building my Sacred House Productions media company as well. So it's like, it's about growing it within. There's no point us saying it's not there. Do something about it then. We just come out of the studio, Kabzi, and it has been pretty epic, to be honest. And I think it's been a really interesting day out, really, with Umar, who's a really humble guy. MashaAllah, he's, I think, doing great work on his YouTube channel and the Nasheed side of things. From a financial perspective, I think it's really interesting as well. I think he's an inspiration for lots of Muslim creators, young Muslim creators, where he's actually making a decent living out of creativity from a purely Islamic perspective. And uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put barakah in him and his work. Until next time, assalamu alaikum. If you got this far, you must have enjoyed the podcast, which means you'll definitely love our other episodes and other content we produce as well, inshallah. Be sure to check out the website, islamicfinanceguru.com, as well as our YouTube channel and social media. Until next time, assalamu alaikum.